Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. And we're back for the second hour of Mortgage Matters. Had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. I'm sorry. People are wondering uh, who's talking. This is Mike Points, (laughs) one of the loan officers here at Central Coast Lending. And um, here with my esteemed friend and the host of the show, Jason Grody. And we've got a guest like we talked about in the first hour with us, our our very own local appraiser, Jerry Reynolds from Patriot Valuations. Jerry, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, good morning. Yeah. Um, you didn't get the memo about the donuts. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, we've had you on the show before. We had you, gosh, we had you maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. And you have been, you're, so you, you moved here from the East Coast. True. Right? And yep. when did you move here? Was it 11? Uh, 2014. 2014. You just do appraisals all throughout Slow County. And True. I mean, yes. man, you are like everywhere. I Every am. nook and yeah. cranny, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have very high mileage on the car. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you, I, I love, I love when I, you know, as this thing, we'll talk more about our relationship with appraisers just to help the listeners as the show goes on. I wanted to interject right now and just say, what's an appraiser? Yeah, we don't really have appraiser friends anymore because we don't even talk to appraisers <laughs> anymore. They're just few and far between. Yeah, out of out of the mortgage crash, we uh, the Dodd Frank was the the actual law that put this in place, was it not? A little bit before <clears throat> Dodd Frank, actually. So pre Dodd Frank, I want to say it was safe. Does that sound right? I, I mixed this up with the MLO licensing laws, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, essentially it was. 2010. I'm going to go 10. Is that right? Does that sound right? Sounds about right. That's close. I thought it was Dodd Frank that uh, changed every, changed that relationship, but but it was right around that same time. Right. And the principle was that appraisers and loan officers happened to play poker together, play golf together. <laughs> oh, come on. They'd be best the, men's at each other's weddings. True. Appraisers are well, I'm just outcasts. I'm just helping the rhetoric. I'm just helping the rhetoric. <laughs> no. What I think, yeah, you're right to some degree, but I think the biggest deal was there was a whole bunch of finger pointing. You caused the problem. No, you caused the problem. My favorite thing in that era was that um, it was brokers. Brokers caused the problem with all these crazy loan products, which I thought was hilarious because brokers didn't create loan products. They only sold what was given to them by bankers. And so, um, but that, there was no place to create a good counterpoint or for it to be heard. So we just took that whipping mm-hmm. um, constantly. And then the thing on the heels of that was like, all right, well, looking forward, how can we ever keep this from happening again? One of the problem was that values were inflated and everything was overvalued. And it was thought that lenders were potentially in collusion with appraisers, right? I mm-hmm. could, 
I could get you to do what I wanted you to do or needed you to do because if you didn't do it, then I could cut you off at the knees by yeah, hurting canceling your, your business. So yeah, yeah. I, you know it's um it's difficult to get an appraisal license. It takes a long time. You know, years. Well, it's like an and, indentured <coughs> servitude, right? Yeah, you gotta, yeah. You got to do all the education and all the coursework and the testing, yeah. And then you basically have to work for free, you slave with some for, for somebody, somebody else that for a long knows time. they're training their competition. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. So it's difficult to find somebody to do that. Yeah. And, and but what is that period though? I know it's different by a different certification, but it's a thousand hours or it's, something. They just cut it down to a thousand oh. hours from two thousand. From two thousand. And um, I think I don't know if there's a there might be a minimum number of reports too. I'm not sure. I can't mm. remember. That makes it's been sense. a long time. So you're apprentice. At essentially, you're like an apprentice learning the trade. A slave. A trade. But you're doing it. Yeah. But yeah, you're doing it <laughs> like an intern. Take these for me. Like, Go measure because we have a we have a uh, trainee that works with Danny Cobb and. Uh, uh, but we always call it puny, puny training. Okay. So <laughs> that's, but my point is like, you, you know, so you spend years and, you know, developing this, yeah. this license. I mean, it takes a long time to get, to get a training license, to get state certified, to get certified residential, uh, and to blow it for a fee. Like you were just saying, like if you're, if I'm in cahoots with you and you're telling me, Hey, I need, you know, this house to come in at a hundred dollars right. and I do it for, and what's the fee on that report? Whatever, a couple hundred bucks. And you lose your license over something like Potentially, that. Potentially, yeah. Be, that would be dumb. So, yeah. so to your point, when you're talking back in those days, I had a lot of contact with uh, mortgage people, but it was never, um, even if they asked me to, I wouldn't um, set some value based right. on their needs. Yeah. No, it's not you got to protect it, your own right? interest. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, and, you know, and even back in that era when, you know, in retail lending, when we had, the relationship with those appraisers, it was, you know, like I was telling you before we came live on the air here is for, for me, the extent of it was working with appraisers that were quality appraisers that were going to do good work and minimize the headaches for us after the reports received. But then also there was a component to it where um, we're, we're hiring an appraiser to send into somebody's bedroom into their living mm-hmm. room to snoop through their closet potentially, uh, you know, and your family's there or whatever. It's just one of those things where you want somebody, you know, that looks good, smells good, shows up on time, doesn't mm-hmm. have a creepy vibe about them. And doesn't mm-hmm. hang out. And not, and not that appraisers do, but it's just, it was nice to be able to, to have a little bit of, um, you know, discretion or input into the selection. Mm-hmm. I never recall, trying to twist somebody's arm into doing something that everybody knew shouldn't be done. And furthermore, those loan products that caused all the problems, most of those were on drive-by appraisals mm-hmm. or some, you know, it got real popular. We had, um, trying to remember back the the names of them, but um, Hanson Valuation, I think, was a big one, which was essentially like a, the, the first renditions of Zillow valuation where it would just say oh well five homes in this neighborhood sold for this much money and so it's reasonable that this is how much it cost you know mm-hmm. and that was a lot of those loans use those alternative methods anyway the volume was so high that you'd spend a lot of time waiting for an appraiser to be free to do a quality report so the market moved towards using some other mm-hmm. junk that i think probably had a greater impact on the problem than 
the relationship between the lender and the appraiser in the first place. But mm-hmm. so, anyways, that's how we okay. got here. That's well, what that's an appraiser good. is. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, so our relationship with you essentially is that you're one of a handful of appraisers on our roster mm-hmm. that are eligible to accept an order. Yep. Um, Give me a little look under the hood. I never get to see this part of it. So on a Monday morning, you wake up, and are you told that there's assignments that have been assigned to you, or do you get to go in and draw them off a board? How do you get it? Uh, I get a text. Okay. Uh, I thought, actually, I just checked my watch. I thought I just, it was vibrating. I thought I might have an order. You guys use a particular AMC, appraisal management company, and they send me texts. So I get something on the phone. I get emails. I get phone calls. But most often it's like and is that. And it, is it checking your availability to do an assignment or is it yes. just already assigned to you and you got to make it work? Uh, no, they're asking if I want to accept it. Okay. And um, but and sometimes it's fees, like what do you want to charge for this um, or, you know, will you take it? So, mm-hmm. But uh, that's generally what it is. Okay. So, you, so now you, uh, you get a text or an alert that says, hey, there's a report for you and... Should you accept? I mean, because you cannot accept, right? If it's some, if yeah. you're too busy or you don't want to yeah. drive to Shandon or <laughs> right, yeah, or it's complex or it's uh, something, yeah. you, know, you know, something difficult. Uh, but yeah, so we basically, you know, I'll get a text message, email, whatever from uh, appraisal management company. You do a little bit of research, figure out, <clears throat> you know, if you want to do it or not. Go yeah. from there. So, f- and from our side. Um, most of the transactions lately happen to be refinances, not all of which even need an appraisal. Some of them do. Um, but on a purchase transaction, what happens is we log into the AMC and create an order, and we provide payment information to the AMC. They usually ask us to upload things like the purchase contract mm-hmm. or the yep. preliminary title report. And then we're just sort of waiting. They're going to pick someone and then something's going to happen. And then we get an alert that something's scheduled or, you know, the inspection is scheduled or complete or whatever. But what's going on in that time frame for you? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Generally, I, you know, when I get an order, um, I'll be in the car. It could be in the office, whatever like that. I generally don't call the people right away uh, because you want to do a little bit of research on the place. Because so when you talk, when you get on the phone with the owner or the realtor, you want to be able to ask intelligent questions. So it, depending on my day, you know, how much time I got uh, in the morning, afternoon, what evening, whatever, I print everything out. And then I make the calls, set up the appointment. Um, you know, so that, you know. It could be, so the time you get the order to the time you actually do the inspection, several days could go by, and then it's not so much, typically you don't work on the report right away. What you do is you bring it home, you put it in the stack, and right. then, so there could be another delay there, a couple mm-hmm. of days before you, you actually get to the report. Sure, it's process management, right? Yeah. And, you, and you have, um, what is the required c- comparables you have to use? How many? Is it at least three? Yeah, Fannie Mae or, or whoever it is. The 1004. Uh, <coughs> use PAP. At least three. Yeah. And most lenders want more li- listings that would be in addition. I typically put five to six yeah. in the report anyway. And some of those, depending on where the property is located, can be very unique with uh. this county. I've found that, you know, we're not cookie cutter at all. San Luis has the ADU element, right? But I still see that very much so in parts of Templeton. You'll find a house all of a sudden, oh, man. 
you know, we're, we're making an offer on this house. This house looks great. And you click through the pictures as the lender. I want to see things too, before we write a pre-approval letter, because there just might be things that I want to request from the listing agent right away that I need to see before we can, you know, such guarantee. As, such as, is that a manufactured home out back yeah. there behind the house? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like, oh, there's a well. Okay. Uh, what's the status of that? Cause this house was built in the 1930s. So is that going to be a problem? Should we maybe give this more time? Um, but you know, you see these ADUs and there's not a lot of them in North County, but they, they pop up and it's mm-hmm. gotta be tough for you to compare a North County house with acreage to a San Luis Obispo house with an ADU. I would say you probably don't even do that. Yeah. You probably wouldn't do it. I mean, cause the reasons uh, we were talking about that is we live in Morro Bay and as we're driving up here, we're looking around and saying, you know, I probably would never move here. So if we were in the market for a house with an ADU, it would be where we want. We would never consider. I mean, that's the appraisal, right? You walk into a house, your, your attitude is, I like this house, I want to buy it. And if that's true, what other houses would I look at? Right. So you're going to look at houses that are in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah, not, back, you're not going to compare it to something. Back when I was underwriting... And more important, when I was training up-and-coming underwriters to evaluate the appraisal as far as, you know, if it's accurate, is it doing a good job, that one of the first tests is start with only the pictures. And if your real estate agent pulled up on a Sunday to each of these three or five or six houses in a row, would you from the curb agree that they're they're showing you houses that are consistent with what you've described you're looking for and feel like each one are a potential option? Or would you feel like the appraiser, you know, based on this picture, the realtor is crazy. This house doesn't fit in or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's such an outlier from the others. Um, and yeah, that they're in the same market, right? Because yeah, generally, be generally people are looking within a specific area. Like mm-hmm. it's even... Yeah, I most of my business is in the North County now. Uh, I still do business all over the county and really the state, but the lion's share of my business is in North County. And it's pretty rare. I don't have a lot of buyers that say, okay, well, I'm willing to live anywhere north of the grade. Yeah, That's not usually the case. They say, I'll work in... Uh, I work in San Luis, and so I'm willing to be in Atascadero or Santa Margarita, south of Atascadero. They don't want to be farther north, or they'll mm-hmm. say... I want to be in Paso Robles only. And, um, you know, so it's usually they have an area that they want to be in and, mm-hmm. and that's their market, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, uh, I want to ask you more questions. I, I, I had a goal today of trying to help the listeners just get a little bit of a look under the hood of what's going on in the appraisal process and what's the ultimate goal here. Uh-huh. As if, you know, because sometimes it's just one more document and a stack of documents that are confusing and overwhelming to a buyer. So I think it'd be good to, to sort of roll that back a little bit and kind of look at what the goal and the purpose is. And since you're here, we'll take the opportunity um, to pick your brain a little bit about what you're thinking about when you're looking at it. So we're going to go ahead and do our uh, first commercial break here of the show and uh, or of the second hour of the show, I should say. And then we'll be back here in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 805- 772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. And MLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles, member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 32. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
right, welcome back. That's a little nod. That's Boston. A little nod to you there for uh, being well, from you. an East Coast yep. uh, town. I think people can pick that up in your voice. Yeah, this uh, it only takes a second. <laughs> Did you love that commercial during the Super Bowl? Which one? The self the self Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Commercial. And they they named all, all those towns they talked about. I knew every one of them. I bet you did. Yeah. That was great. Which Did you one? catch that one? Was I it a Buick commercial? I, it was, I thought it was Tesla, wasn't it? No. Well, I don't know. It's Anyways. Parking. So it was a really good it was commercial? Good no, it was because good. Somebody spent the lang- like the language was million dollars, and you guys remember <laughs> the language. vaguely what it was about and nothing about who bought it. The accent. Yeah. I, I'm laughing, you know, as we, as business owners, we're faced with these these advertising decisions all the time, right? And if you just listen to the people that sell marketing, they will take every last dollar you have to get you to advertise here and get on Instagram and, you know, do, do this, do that. And I, I always laugh because I think we're getting conditioned as consumers as stuff just flies by. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say the, the one commercial that really made an impact on me in the Super Bowl last week was uh, that not, I think it was a nachos commercial. And I'm saying I think so because... What I really remember was Sam Elliott's mustache doing the wave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doritos, wasn't it? Yeah. Doritos. Yeah. Doritos. That was okay. crazy. He really did that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's He's muscle good. control. That's yeah. amazing. That is pretty uh, I think it was CGI, but um, yeah. I, I just, I love Sam Elliott. That was a hilarious. The movie. car was a, a Hyundai Sonata. Yes, Hyundai. See, you're close. Tesla, yeah. Hyundai. Hyundai's like, yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> confusing us with Tesla. It was funny. It's good. Um, all right. Well, before the Wicked break, funny. <laughs> Wicked funny. Wicked funny. Wicked funny. That's a. Is, is that an East Coast word? That's Wicked? definitely yeah. a. That's yeah. definitely an East Coast word. That's, that's like how we say. Uh, yeah, I, it doesn't matter what we say. You were <laughs> over here on California. All the words we use in that spot are not um, yeah. acceptable for radio. Correct. Uh, yeah, and it depends if you're Northern or Southern California. Uh, anyway. Um, so fire off your question. Yeah. So I just, I have a question for you that I don't think is a simple question, but I'd love to hear your response to it is, uh, in the appraisal, you know, so on that purchase contract that, that we described, we upload the purchase contract. This thing's been from our view, there's a buyer that we met somehow or other, um, wherever they came from, we've spent a lot of time with them to this point, counseling them and getting them ready and sending them out to the market. And then they spend time with a real estate agent and they usually, I had some stats on this a few weeks ago, but they, it usually takes them about six months to find a house. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, they look at, I think it was nine houses or something that they actually go in and they look at. These are national statistics. And then, um, generally speaking, on average, they're writing and getting their offer accepted at about 99% of the sales price. So it's mm. still not a big discount type of environment for these guys. And to, to put a little color to it, the reason they're um, – and, and on average, they've offered, I think it was on four houses or something before they're successful – some people get lucky on their first shot and write a full price offer and get it on day one, but it's not uncommon that I give some, a, you know, a particular person or a couple or whatever multiple pre-approval letters as they're looking at house after house and writing offers and just getting beat out. And um, 
But so anyway, there we are. We've all this time and energy and everything spent. And now they get an accepted offer and we're in escrow and they spend their first money. They're on their credit card goes the appraisal fee and we push the order into at home and we, uh, you know, upload the purchase contract and then mm-hmm. it's into your hands. That's right. So... <laughs> Man, there's a whole lot of oh, power right there. That must be a right scary there. moment for you. Well, by and large, I'd say that, you know, especially around here, but I, my experience everywhere has been that usually appraisers just do a good job. They mm-hmm. know what they're due. Like you said, there's a lot of education. There's a lot of hours and experience. There's a lot. There's also usually Continuing eyes. education, too. Yeah, and there's usually eyes behind them mm-hmm. that review the report for quality when it comes in and mm-hmm. make sure, you know, now that – electronics are so involved there's standardized data for fields where we used to have an appraiser say well this house is pretty good and mm-hmm. that house over yeah. there is less good and now we, and now we get <laughs> now we get it's a c3 and or That's a c right. compared yeah. to a c4 yeah. and somebody now there's a definition of what a c3 versus a c4 you guys laugh See, but that's you, real stuff but you can still use that on like multifamily reports because it's it's not the uad so you can still say pretty good it's and pretty less good. good less good yeah yeah so but so i think and this is probably the crux of my question though is that you know you're obviously you're in and out of so many homes and you're mm-hmm. seeing you're at the business point of these deals um you see the number that's on the purchase contract and then your job as you know and i'm going to simplify and ask you to correct me here but um your job is ultimately to Make sure that nobody's making a huge mistake, that the sellers listed too high and the buyers aren't smart and the real estate agents aren't aren't in. They just don't. They're not in the know. And somehow these people have been hoodwinked into paying more than they should for a house or something like that. And so you're going to be the neutral third party mm-hmm. that steps in and looks at the data inspects the property in person and then attempts to to put it into paper that is digestible both for us but also for the for the buyer right yeah well i would it's for the bank that's who our uh, audience is not the buyer not the mortgage people anything like that um it's um um I was just trying to think of something that you had just said. But anyway, uh, yeah, we, we do the report for the bank. Uh, you know, I know what you said in the last segment I wanted to comment on. You said about the appraiser showing up at the site, at the home site. That's one thing. See, I, you know, I have my company, uh, Patriot Valuation, but uh, the lender or the client, your, your buyer, they're not, whoever it is at the house, they're not going to remember that name, but they'll remember your name if you're the one that sent me over there. So I always, when I make a phone call or go over somebody's house, I always think that I'm representing you. So I don't show up, you know, with a cigarette half lit out of my mouth. I'm, you know, pretty, pretty polite. So, I mean, cause at that point I represent you. So anyway, but we go into these places, we get the, like you were just describing, we get the uh, purchase order and I know nothing about the, the buyer. I usually don't even meet them. I don't know what their finances are like. I don't know the, anything about the seller. I don't even, many times I don't even talk to the realtor. Uh, all we're doing is all I do is I look at sales in the neighborhood and, uh, you know, market trends and, you, you know, if to an extent we only can see 
uh, appraisal stuff is historical look. So we're looking at what's already happened. So it usually takes a couple months for you to register if there's an actual trend up or down. But uh, I don't uh, look at, right. you know, I don't, so I don't look at the people's uh, finances. I know nothing about them, uh, if they're in over their head or not. I'm just looking at the sales in the neighborhood. And you want to try to stay within a certain amount of time frame. If, say, you're in a regular, you're in downtown San Luis, where you got a lot of urban location, a lot of homes around there. So you want to stay within a half mile would be great. Within six, three to six months would be great. Uh, and just compare your property to what are the other homes in the area you're selling for. Sure. Either up and down. You know, and then there's there's all kinds of variables, whether, the, you know, so they've got a new kitchen, the bathroom's been updated, doesn't need a roof, you know, what condition the property's in. And what that does there, when you walk into a house and it's got, like, the kitchen's done, the floors are new, the place is all painted. So what you're going to do is compare it, what you're going to compare it to is other homes that have newer kitchens that have been repainted, that have good flooring. And so where so that any increase in value or benefit from doing those improvements is already built into the price. So what you're doing is you're comparing your house the house to a segment of the market that represents the condition and quality of your house. Mm-hmm. So if you get a lousy house, you're going to get compared to the lousy house. If you get a good house, you want to compare it to the good ones. Right. And there's the other thing you meant, uh, made another comment too about um, you look at a report uh, and you wonder does the why did the appraiser include this particular comparable? It doesn't seem to match the other ones. Sometimes you have to include stuff to bracket one of the amenities, like a site area. You got a thousand square feet, so you want to get something that's smaller <laughs> and larger, right? Same with a house. You got a you got a thousand square feet of living area. You want to get something that's smaller, something that's or larger. Something yeah, that's you near use the term street. bracket, which yeah. we're very familiar with. The the listeners may not understand that principle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're describing it well. Is that you want to try to find something that's on either side of it, right? Right, and then something close in the middle, right? Yeah, I, it's so funny that. I was talking to you guys during the break about this appraisal report I recently had that came in short, mm-hmm. and the listing agent took it really personally, like really personally. Um, it was kind of dirty, in fact. I don't know if this person listens to the show or not, but uh, I exercised great restraint. Um, sent an email that basically was titled um, Appraisal rebuttal reasons or something like this just in an email and it went on to say you know well this appraiser did a crummy job because and they used the word bracket but they said they bracketed this with homes that were both larger and smaller and that's not what appraisers are supposed to do number two now, you know <laughs> number two this appraiser um, compared this to this home that was in, you know, slightly less updated condition. And then the very next comp, they compared it to one that was in better condition. That's not how appraisals work. And I'm like, okay, there must be a number three. This person's on a tear. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, and then the part where, you know, and and I'm usually okay with letting a realtor vent about, you know, popping off on, and, you know, they know the appraiser's job sometimes better than the appraiser. But um, then it got to the part where they're picking me apart. And she said uh, in this email, she said, so you have three choices. One is um, talk your appraiser into doing a better job and following the rules. Two is um, you pay the difference, you know, or else number three is explain to your buyers that you chose an appraiser for them that cost them their dream home. And I was like, 
Oh, gosh, I don't even know where to start, and yeah. I'm not going to get into a sand throwing contest. You just got to have a good cry over that yeah, one. Holy and, and so, <laughs> it, at the end, my response back was like, um, "You know, thanks for your thought, your thoughtful email. Um, first of all, the way that law works is we do not hire a specific appraiser. We use a management company. They serve as a buffer. So I, I didn't hire anybody that killed dreams here." You know, and secondly, I'll take all of your comment regarding, you know, appraisal training into, um, you know, into account, but we still have to figure out where we go from here. So it, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, and I, I couldn't help but wonder then, um, when you're an appraiser hired to appraise a house that is in contract for 500,000 mm-hmm. and you go and you look at it and then you, you look at the comps online, maybe some of them you happen to have been in, right? If you're a busy lot. in a neighborhood, you've a been lot. in them before, maybe several times. And now they've been remodeled since the last time you've been in there. So you have a pretty good idea of the stock of homes and, you know, the condition and quality and how it compares in the market. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got a good vantage point on that. And so when you're sitting down to that house, that's in contract for 500 and you're doing your, your averages there, just trying to, to sort of get down to that number and all roads are leading to 475. What does that feel like? <laughs> uh, well, there's no emotion to it <laughs> okay. at all. How can there be? Yeah. yeah. Well, cause like you said, I mean, he's just, he's just a, a skilled boots on the ground for the bank. Yeah, and I, I guess I think that part of the interesting piece here is that you've got uh, all of these transactions or the idea of it here is that um, we're finding the fair market value. I mean, as mm-hmm. a seller, as yeah. a buyer. It's an opinion of fair market value. An opinion, so yeah. it's not a fact. It's right. not anything. Yeah, it's and, an I guess, and I guess my point is, though, is that uh, you're – the fair market value. I mean, fair market value in like the capitalist dictionary just mm-hmm. says what a willing and able buyer and seller agree to, right? Yeah. And um, money supply and, and money uh, supply su- and demand for the market. So uh, I do. It seems yeah. it seems clear to me talking to you that I forget that you do work for the banks I and do. that you're protecting a collateral investment to know that. We're doing, you know, in, in this scenario, I am the banks, right? I no mm. longer underwrite files. We have people that underwrite here, but we go through a file looking at the, the credit, the collateral, mm-hmm. and the character, right? I mean, that the trying to figure out, is this person qualified with a good track rest- record and the collateral's good and we run all these things together and, and that is what makes a good transaction or not. And I would not want to think that appraisers were out just to hit the sales price or something near it. But um, how often would you say that these, the value that the agents picked and the market sorted out and the buyer offered and that price, how often is your math go back and support that? Uh, quite a bit, because I think the public the buying public is a lot smarter than because uh, like you said they're they're in they're a, a, a typical buyer they're in eight ten houses they've been out looking and they know what the money is you know they right. know that okay this one had a nice kitchen this one doesn't it should be worth less so by when they kind of work that out uh they're usually pretty close to what the the market value you know 
the market value is. And a lot of properties, like uh, we were talking in during one of the breaks, uh, requests I got today, there's three offers in. Right. All above asking. Yeah. So, you know, so there's a shortage of supply. There's not many houses on the house. There is a lot of houses, but there's a lot of, you know, they're all throughout the range. So if you've got a house that's, you mentioned 500,000, that's a specific target range. And there's only so many houses available in that, that price range. Yeah, that price range is getting hit really hard mm-hmm. nationally, but also very much so in, yeah. in this county. It's the current so, state for sure. Yeah. So in this in this area, uh, you know, if you if you got a request for five hundred thousand homes on on the market for five hundred thousand, you come in at four seventy five. Um, that probably doesn't happen all that much. You know, I don't unless there's real issues with the home. I feel like we only it's, it's the the demand is huge here. If I came in at four seventy five and they kill that deal, they would put it back on the market tomorrow. There'd be another willing buyer with uh, ready money available to them. And and isn't that one of the components of value? Is a market, a public, willing to buy and spend money? That creates value and demand. For sure. Yeah, and and I would venture to say that um, we see it happen from time to time where, you know, and I'd say it's maybe it's one out of 200 appraisals or 150 appraisals. So it's definitely not a lot. And, and sometimes the problem is, is that there's a highly desirable area and the comps in that highly desirable area, there are few and far between because mm-hmm. people don't sell when they get in there. Mm-hmm. And so the house, you know, you go back two years and it right. sold for 600 and then six months later, they all sold for 610 and then six months later, they sold for 620 and six months later, 630. So this dude comes to market and says, I'm going to sell my house for 640. It's a straight line appreciation in here and someone's going to pay me for it because I have the house in the neighborhood. And some buyer comes along and goes, I'll take it. 640 is no problem for me. Mm-hmm. And then that pesky lender comes along and says, all right, well, let's get an appraisal on it. And the appraiser goes, hey, nothing in here is ever sold for 640. So you got to start to look at some sort of way to justify that the market's moving, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point. Um or is it just finished a report on San Luis Drive? Uh-huh. Um, really nice neighborhood. Great values are, are great. But there's only so many sales in right. that area. Right. There's some old houses. This is one of the newer houses. So you go back 24 months, you know, if you need to stay within the neighborhood. But there's also, so if you look at just that San Luis Drive, it's a nice little area. Then, but if you move around, like over by Flora, I think it is the Banana Belt up on the side. That's a similar Bowden neighborhood, Ranch. right? Bowden yeah. Ranch. Yeah. And then so you've got the you historical you mill so, yeah, up above, you, which you um, you look at homes that sold there because yeah. wouldn't because he goes back to that thing. You if got those people buyer, that are a buyer. You're looking at ten houses. You're going to look at this neighborhood, but you're probably not going to look at like downtown slow. If you that you're looking more residential, yeah, you would look up there off a of floor. Certainly right. would. And so you've got to consider that both of those areas are within the buyers. Uh, sure. You know they're com- they're good. They're good yeah. neighborhoods. So I would just use comparables from both. Why don't right. we just take a the last break of the show? I we will. I talked through. I know you had things you wanted to ask, and then I did it again. I talked through the whole thing, so I'm sorry, Mike. It's your we show, back, baby. I'm you just. Can, I'm you just can here ask the questions because I enjoy it. 
You can ask questions. All right. We got to go ahead and, and get out of here for a commercial break. So we'll be back in just a minute here with more Mortgage it's Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. MLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. In these times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley & Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust, Blakesley & Blakesley. For the service you deserve and the advice you trust, come to Blakesley & Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles, member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5.
every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. All right, all right. Last segment, we're rolling up the carpet here, Jay. It's almost the weekend time for us. We do this every Saturday. Just selflessly. Get here. (laughs) Um, And usually right about this time, we start to realize that we've got a whole day ahead of us. Any pre-approvals today you got to go do? Maybe Uh, one or two? I haven't looked at my email, but I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, I usually end up working anyway. I sent some out this week. February has kicked off uh, a nice spark for me. I know a lot of people in the office were busy come January, but I just kind of rolled through the holidays and, and didn't have as much going on. But then kapoof, all of a sudden, right before that last weekend of January, I just lit up my pipeline, got plenty to do. I, uh, I'm i in the same boat. I've started posting some open houses on my social media as well, which oh. is drawing some attention. No way. Uh, yeah, and um, one of them was the one you mentioned, Alan Way. Oh. I did that two weeks ago. Um, Lindsay Harn's a listing agent. I think that's in contract. You're already doing mm-hmm. the, yeah. the appraisal for that. Yes. Um, we got Jerry Reynolds with us from Patriot Valuations, a, a local appraisal appraiser that's been here since 2014, and this guy is a workaholic. You're probably doing 50 a month. <laughs> uh, probably 35 to 40 um, average like 38 a month the last couple of months yeah and the, I, the reason that's good is because you're seeing all types of uh, fluctuation in price mm-hmm. you know, whether it different be smaller yeah different neighborhoods um, but you're also seeing some multifamily units yeah. and investment properties yes And um, just quickly for our listeners, you know, because we do have listeners that are investors and some that want to be investors. How do you establish, you know, just to let them know and the bank know what this house could rent for when they actually take it over? There might be tenants in it, Mm -hmm. but you go ahead and tell us what it would probably rent for in a fair market as well. Try to. Um, And again, well, I, I do a lot of multifamily, so I know what people are renting for um, currently. Um, just research a lot of Craigslist, a lot of um, Zillow, Realtor.com, I think. is a couple of them. They got rental stuff on there. Um, if it's a vacation rental, there's, uh, was it VBRO? VRBO, yeah. Yep. V, yeah. Airbnb, those, VRBO. Yeah. Um, so... We just, it's just a lot of research. Okay. You know? So you're pulling together some type of regression and right. getting a mean mm-hmm. of what that actual. To, uh, and it typically, you know, like around the colleges and stuff, it's like, it's about a thousand to $1,400 per bedroom. Okay. And That's what I was going to ask you. Walk me around the county here. Yeah. San Luis price per bedroom on average. So you said a thousand to 1400. I'm going to call it. 12. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's around the colleges. What if uh, it was, what if it was in a Tascadero or. Uh, it'll be it'll be less. How much less? Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Nine hundred. You can not eight hundred to you know it's a twelve hundred. Uh, you know where, where San Luis is going to be say a thousand to fourteen hundred, but it's going to lean more towards twelve to fourteen. That kind of stuff. Uh, Tascadero is probably around one uh, thousand to twelve hundred. I mean, just 
you know, it's it's hard to say because when you go and do an appraisal, you don't appraise the whole neighborhood. You, you appraise an individual home. Correct. And then when you're focused on that home, the, the apartments are 500 square feet. So you're looking at other places around that are 500 square feet of trying to. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so every appraisal is different. You, you know, you're looking at a different neighborhood that, you know, you're probably going to keep rent your rental comps. You want close by, same as we were talking about, you know, right. the other ones, you don't want something across the town. Well, and I would also imagine too that, um, I wouldn't, I, I, I can think of multifamily homes that I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to live in. My preference would be to be in a single family home. And if you could find a two bedroom multifamily or a two bedroom single family, the single family's got to fetch more money, right? Oh yeah. I'm not sharing a yeah. driveway and a wall and the all that kind of walls, thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. However, you know, it is a game of monopoly, right Jay? And it adds, those units add up. Mm-hmm. So you've got the average individual who says, look, I'm an investor um, there's three units here. I think they're all under rented. I think the rents are low. I think I. Can, oh, I th- Mike's a slumlord, like a <laughs> max cash investor guy. I think Whoa. that I think that in the first year those <laughs> leases are going to come up. This isn't a real estate show. We're talking about. Mortgages. Um, I think that I can improve the property to make it more attractive. I can get it from maybe a C two to a mm-hmm. C three. Those conditions you were talking C4 about earlier. C four to C three. Thank you, Jerry. That's why we have you on the show, and uh, maybe replace some flooring. Get the countertops to be a bit more attractive. Let's get someone in here that would want to maybe have a small child or, mm-hmm. or have yep. uh, a couple kids that live here for two years because the school district's here or something. You have three or four of those units. Now you can go from a property that was yielding $3,400 $3, a month mm-hmm. to $4,500 a month potentially. And, and I think what's, what's funny to me is most of the time when they're buying the house, those same owners that sell the house with low rents are selling the price based on the rents they're currently getting. Wouldn't you agree, Jay? Probably. I mean, I, I'm guessing there's I thought probably... you muted me there. I thought you were just like, and you're done. No, it muted me because my, my voice felt weird. Um, no, I while you were talking, though, I mean, I think there's, to answer your question, I think there's probably really savvy sellers and then at the other end, really naive sellers, and, and some of them are going to be really in touch with that is most of my friends that own rental property in Slow County... Um, are generally happy to have a unit that's under market value for a quality long-term tenant that's not causing problems. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a safe play. It it takes a mature landlord to understand and appreciate that and make that part of their business model because I've seen where the new guy, the investor comes in and goes, ah, this is great. They've been in there for nine years and the other half of the building have been in there for seven years. The rent's $400 a month low. So we're going to crank it up at the next lease and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And those people get dissatisfied. It becomes a pride game of you're not, I'm not, you're not doing this to me. So they leave and now you get college kids and have things like, we don't know how the sliding door broke. (laughs) Right. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Glass is half empty, guy. I think th- I, I was a landlord. I don't want to be a landlord ever again. Not to, uh-huh. not to like people. I'll be a landlord to like storage units or something like that. Sounds better to me. It's funny when you were talking though. I, I, I was working on a transaction last week for this woman out of Los Osos who she had her house there. Interested in lowering her payment. Um, not a lot of meaningful. Uh, 
impact I could have. Her mortgage was very small and her rate was decent and just couldn't move the needle. However, on her tax returns, I saw that in Manhattan Beach, she owned a single family residence. Um, you, Manhattan Beach down like LA County. Sure. You know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a yeah. premium, right? So yeah. I pull it up on the old Zillow to see what's the deal in this house. Um, Zillow estimates it at 1.7, which I would have guessed if you're within a stone's throw of the beach in Manhattan Beach, we're talking a mill and a half to up to probably 10 if it's a nice house. So I looked at this and I was like, man, this is where this lady could really, um, she could either sell this place and be fine. She was already like 80 something years old. Right. And anyhow, the rent was 1500 bucks a month on this house. And so I called her and I said, Hey, uh, I, that I looked at your house down South and, um, it's, what are you doing? <laughs> she said the woman that rented that house has been there for 25 years. Her husband passed away seven or eight years ago and just wasn't interested in turning the screws on her. And so there's a gal living in Manhattan beach for 1500 bucks a month while the owner of the home is here worried about a couple hundred bucks a month. And I was like, man, that's a, that's wild. That's and, at wild. The, and at the end of the whole conversation, she was happy to just leave it out was, ah, I figured you couldn't help me much. And I'm not really interested in raising the rent or doing anything there. So I'm just going to leave it be. I was like, man, see, there's some real good people left in the world. Mm-hmm. Now that you framed me as a terrible person, <laughs> I think that no. my- that one is too far the other way. No. I bet you you could rent that house in Manhattan Beach for six or seven grand a month. Oh, you so could VRBO it for like twenty five k a month. <laughs> all, you see the big dollars. Huh? I mean, the VRBO stuff in Manhattan Beach is off is off the hook. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, what I what I wanted to do, I wanted to talk more about this, but we ran out of time. We're done. We ran out of time. I want to spend a, a sufficient amount of time here saying, um, if you listen to Jerry today and you like Jerry and think he's a cool dude and want to do business with him, there's not a lot of opportunity for us to even direct it to you, and I'm sorry for that. Oh, no problem. The ones that we can refer you, however, though, I think are worth mentioning because people have needs for appraisers from time to time that fall outside the scope of working through a lender. Mm-hmm. So these are transactions. I, I mean, I can think of a few offhand um, inheritance type of things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, estate. Yeah. Estate planning, those sort of things. Divorce, Divorce situations, which as mucky as those mm-hmm. are, it's, it's a necessity. Yep. I'm um, in year five right now of my career here. So I'm starting to get a bunch of my people that I'm referring to Jerry to get their PMI removed. They have to yep. call the servicer because there's a special form that the servicer wants them to do. But Jerry mm-hmm. could run out and say, Hey, this house is now worth X. And you know, um, here you go bank. And the bank's yep. going to know what the loan balance is. And if it's 80%, loan to value or better there goes the pmi the next month so if they like it and they want to call you how do they reach you uh you can email me at uh jerry j-e-r-r-y at patriotvaluation.com or patriotvaluation at charter.net uh office phone number is 805-234-2169 awesome I want to thank you both very much for joining me here for this second hour today and um, 
Jerry, thanks. I mean, oh. you do a ton of work for us. It's always great. We well, appreciate, appreciate it. it. I appreciate that job. And, uh, thank you. Hopefully, you'll come back again soon. Oh, thank you. If you guys need any kind of loan help, uh, reach out to us. You can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com or call us at 805-543-LOAN. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters.